What up, everybody? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This one is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is here to bring you a new type of undergarment. There, It's a simple mission, folks. Make sure all your basics and beyond are smartly designed and that shopping for them is easy and convenient. You see, Mack Weldon started from scratch and engineered their own fabric. The difference is in the details, so they obsessed over every stitch and seam until they reached their definition of perfect. And then they took that fabric and made premium men's essentials that believe in smart, design. They, they've got a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. That's great if you want to pack light or if you go on road trips, if you work dirty, whatever it is, if you go to the gym a lot, you probably want clothes that are not going to absorb the stank, folks. And if, you, if you're a traveler, you might want to be able to wear stuff more than one day in a row. That really helps with that. Mack Weldon's socks, underwear, and shirts, they don't just look good. They perform well, too, for working out, going to work, going on dates, just every everyday life. The fit is excellent. I bought some of the shirts. They really fit me nice. And uh, and I'm going through, you know, I'm losing a little bit of weight. So I'm going through new stuff and trying to buy more fitted clothes. I'm liking it, folks. Here's the offer I've got for you. 20% off your first order. Go to MacWeldon.com. Enter promo code SMOKINGTIRE. Promo code SMOKINGTIRE at MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. MacWeldon.com. Promo codes, smoking tire. I got the best price around for you on this stuff, folks. How about autotempest.com? They've been with us for a while. They save you time, and that means they save you money by bringing all the biggest car sites together into one search engine plus a bunch of the smaller ones. It's going to save you time, folks. You don't have to type in that you're looking for a 1993 to 1996 Mustang GT in red with a stick shift within 300 miles of your city. You don't have to do that over and over. That's tedious, boring work. You don't want to do it. Auto Tempest does it for you. And then they compare your results with all of Craigslist, not just the area around you, and Facebook marketplaces. It's fantastic, folks. It saves you time uh, versus trying to check everywhere yourself. There's no special code. Just do it. Just go to autotempest.com, whether you're looking to buy, sell, or just browse, and bring all those search sites together into one place. The holidays are here, and that means you're looking for gifts for people, you're looking for gifts for other people, either your loved ones, maybe even yourself. Crown and caliber, folks. Maybe you're looking for a nice watch. Well, guess what? Only suckers buy nice watches brand new. They're like cars, except they are generally taken better care of. And so what you want to do is buy a watch pre-owned from a place like Crown and Caliber. And Crown and Caliber is great because you know the watches you're buying are authenticated, you know they're going to work and they're backed by a limited mechanical warranty, even vintage pieces. So if the watch shows up and it's not telling time right, they will fix it, folks. Crown and Caliber has been with me for three years now. They are a great sponsor. 
They keep over 2,000 watches in stock at all times. You can trade your watch in just like you would a car. You can sell them your watch just like you would a car. And in fact, if you want to buy a brand new Breitling watch from Breitling themselves, you can trade your watch to Crown and Caliber and ha that can be credit in Breitling's store. It's actually very cool. Uh, I got a code for you. Ready? TST175. Go to crownandcaliber.com and use code TST175 to save $175 at checkout. That's code TST175 at crownandcaliber.com. Lastly, it's the Thinkware Dash Cam, also a great gift for the car guy or gal in your life. The, the U1000, it's available. It's able to capture clear and crisp videos of your drive. The U1000 is the very first two-channel dash cam in the world to boast a native 4K front and 2K rear resolution screen uh, camera. In addition to its amazing video quality, the U1000 can also save you money with its speed and red light camera alerts or make you a safer driver with lane departure and front collision warnings. With the convenient remote live view and parking impact alert cloud features, you can instantly check on your car or be notified of potential hit and runs. The U1000 and Thinkware's full range of dash cams are available online and in-store at thinkware.com. Best Buy and Amazon in both the U.S. and Canada. With coupon code SMOKE20, that's S-M-O-K-E-2-0, SMOKE20, you can receive 20% off any regular price Thinkware dash cam. That's coupon code SMOKE20 at thinkware.com and receive 20% off of any regular price Thinkware dash cam. All right, folks, on this episode of the show, we've got the author of the new book, Ludicrous, all about Tesla. Ed Niedermeyer is in studio. I have been following this guy for a while. I think he has a very balanced take on the company. His book, uh, Ludicrous, is a great read. I blasted through it in about a day and a half. Uh, it does not have any new gotcha crazy information. What it does is it analyzes objective truths about the company and organizes them into a way that you can really see a pattern of behavior that I find to be very interesting. So on this episode of the program, uh, which we actually recorded about three days before the Cybertruck reveal, so there's no Cybertruck in this at all, um, and I think that really would have changed the tone of the conversation, and I hope to talk to Ed again about that someday, but uh, it's pre Cybertruck Tesla Talk with Ed Niedermeyer, the uh, author of Ludicrous. Woo! What up, folks? It's the Smoking Tire Podcast. Um, I'm trying to not be angry right now, but I'm not at not mad at Ed Niedermeyer, who is uh, here after... Uh, God, it feels like I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. The author of Ludicrous, the unvarnished story of Tesla Motors uh, on books, books, bookshelves and wherever you buy fucking books now. Yep. Is it NY Times bestseller? Are we there? No, not yet. Get it there, people. Yeah. Ludicrous. Buy the book. Buy the book. I read it. Uh, I read the freebie you sent me, and this one, maybe we'll do a giveaway with this one or something. Sure. We'll give it away on Instagram. Uh, bienvenue. Welcome, dude. Thanks so much. I've I've been like really wanting to, to talk to you for oh, well, a while, too. Here so. we go. Yeah. Now is the chance. Yeah. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> um, you tweeted uh, the other day, uh, maybe yesterday or the day before, while you were in L.A., some of your observations about L.A. traffic and urban planning, because I don't think, I think you, uh, more than just um, uh, 
purely talking about uh, Tesla, I think you know you're in tune with the sort of uh, the autonomous landscape as these companies see it, and part of that is infrastructure, highway design, urban planning, a big part of it, mind you. So. You're from Portland, you're here in LA. This is the city of cars. We have fucking no public transport. This is the, the hub where Tesla is or their factory is. One of are their headquarters design studio, excuse me. Yep. What the fuck is going on in our city, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's uh Get a little closer. Yeah. Yeah. So or bring um, it to you either way. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was actually born in L.A., which oh. I don't think a lot of people realize. I don't. I was, I, yeah, I don't think of you as an L.A. person. No, I'm not. I was like three when I moved <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, um, it's crazy. I haven't been here in a couple of years, and I know it probably hasn't really even gotten worse since last time. Maybe has it? I saw some responses on your Twitter thread, and a couple people said that it hadn't gotten worse. In my opinion, in the 10 years I've been here, and Zach has been here for about the same amount of time, I think it's the traffic is worse. Yeah, totally. Um, than it was when when I first moved here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I certainly see a lot of fucking Ubers and Lyfts running around. Yeah. That that definitely is a problem. Yeah, like it's a congestion problem, which yeah. is weird because it was supposed to fix it, but it's still the same number of, not the same number of cars, but it's still a lot of cars on the road. Well, yeah. I don't think I don't. Do you think that? I don't know if you've read the statistic. I read another book that I really liked called uh, Super Pumped, The Battle for oh, Uber. Yeah, great book. Have you read that book? Oh, yeah. That's course. a fucking cool book, too. And yeah. not, not to tread on your book, no, no, tour, no, no. but it's, um, it, it, it's if, similar if to you, your book. If you had to buy one, I'd probably buy his. No, no, no. No, your, I think your <laughs> book. I know. I'm such a good salesman. No, seriously. Your book, that book about Uber and the Theranos documentary, um, like, are literally just parallel stories in three different industries, really. Yeah. Like, there's so many parallels where, like, uh, people that should be smarter will go to bat for bad and impossible ideas if they believe in the cause yeah. more often than if they're trying to do something malicious. Yeah. Yeah, that no, shit is crazy. Yeah, that that is the most interesting thing in that in that Theranos document. I mean, the for story sure. itself is is fascinating, but that element is. Uh, really eye-opening and especially if you've covered you know tesla yeah well you uh, see the same thing with elon musk right yeah. people have this just this belief in him as this almost prophet-like character yeah. and there's this very bizarre transitive property that makes no fucking sense to me yeah where he's like well he made a rocket land yeah it's like okay hang on let's well, unpack it's, that <laughs> it's impressive right but, but not relevant Right, <laughs> yes. Like that's like being like, but but he juggled chainsaws. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, well, that doesn't mean he can program a fucking GPS. Well, it's, yeah. like, it's like if a neurosurgeon pitches a TV show, they're like, this guy's clearly smart. It's like at something else. Uh, yeah. I, I bet if I got a, a hole in one, I would just anytime anyone questioned me. Yeah, ever. But I've I got like, a hole, I in hole in one once. Yeah. Like, have you ever done that? Yeah. Didn't think so. So like, how did we end up where to the to to a world where? The billionaire kind of visionary is this revered character, yeah. and the nuts and bolts kind of people really doing the work are like cast aside, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. One of the the things that really uh, it was, was important for me to understand was uh, uh, a point in Ashley Vance, Vance's book. Have you read uh, the uh, Elon Musk? What's it called? The biography. The biography. No, yeah. I, ha I haven't, even you though I, I, you're reading your book, I feel like I read like half of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I, you reference it a lot. I reference it a lot because yeah. it is the definitive sort of work about about Elon Musk. And, and the point that gets made is that he cares about humanity so much and yet doesn't care about individual people. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's that's a weird dichotomy. Yeah. And he also, at least according to your book and other things I've read, he seems to be doing it for humanity. Mm. And yet, if you look at a lot of the actions, they are very, if not self-serving, certainly serving of his own company's survival. Yeah. Yeah. I think the mix, the mix of uh, sort of ideological and financial incentives is a really, really powerful thing. Um, since I've been reading for fun, I, I read some, um, a book about the the Fourth Crusade, mm-hmm. um, and like re- religious crusades. The, the, yeah, the, the Crusades. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the Fourth Crusade, uh-huh. and it's where it all went off the rails because uh, basically the Venetians, you know, were were having trouble with the the Byzantines, and um, and and they basically through this series of events ended up setting out to go uh, take Jerusalem. Uh, but they were short on money, and there weren't enough people, and they had to like they were in debt to the Venetians. So they ended up sacking Constantinople, like the biggest Christian city in the world. Um, and 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 we got to sack something, you guys. We're well, here. <laughs> <laughs> I built all these swords. I just. It's also an interesting story. My my point being though is that like it was also this mix of financial mm-hmm. incentives on the part of the Venetians and their their trading competition with Byzantium right or Constantinople and uh, and then on the other hand this like you know crusading you know ideological yeah. thing and you you start to mix things, these things up and it's like it goes in weird directions right you lose control so all right let's kind of back it up for a minute and yeah. like i i think people who haven't read your book and people who haven't seen my car reviews and only read my Twitter account think that you're a hater and I'm a hater yep. and that you're a short and I'm a short right. and I have no financial position in any car company even even through other funds or anything. It would be ridiculously unethical for me to do that. Right. Other people don't feel the same way I do, but that's fine. Um, that's so, not fine, but no, it's their yeah, business, it's, not mine. I'm, yeah. um, but the the book is not an expose. Right. It's not a uh, a tell-all, or uh, it's not like a bombshell. Yep. I think what it does, and what you point out that it aims to do really well, is uh, it steps back from the individual days where you're overloaded with information and can't process anymore, and takes a big picture look. So, tell me why you did it that way, and why that is important. Yeah, I mean, I, the short answer is because I am extremely online myself and I suffer from this problem that you're talking about, which is you get so caught up in what's happening today uh, that you don't look at the bigger narrative. Yeah. And and I think, you know, especially when there's this, you know, all this constant debate throughout Tesla's history about whether they're going to, you know, make it or not or whatever, like you need to understand uh, what's what's actually happening to, to understand that and and the reality is we do live in a time too where people make arguments for their narrative value rather than their connection to reality mm. uh, and and like people again I think you know people get attached to these these narratives these ideas and what's fascinating about Tesla fans for example is like they don't talk to people who work at the company for the most part other than maybe like their salesperson. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't want to actually. You're talking about they don't talk about. They don't talk to like people, like corporate people or design people or factory workers or anything. It's really just the the retail and service end of the business, and then Elon on Twitter and and a whole idea and story and and, and narrative mm. uh, that they have created that is that feels right to them. And like, is it because the idea of 
well, I feel like it's a combination of the fact that electric cars really do feel futuristic compared yes, to gas cars. They do. All electric cars. Yes. Tesla in combining the iPhone, iPad type interface makes the most cell phone like car yes. and therefore the car that you are able to develop a very personal connection with in the same way you have a personal connection with your phone yep. your desktop patterns your ringtones your day night sh shit like that yep. i feel like when you interact with a tesla yep. it's much more like interacting with your phone and it feels more like yours as opposed to a Corolla right you know now maybe someone with an air-cooled 911 might have a different type of connection to their car but of course but the car becomes this extension of your online life really yep, yep. which is so appealing if you hate driving yeah <laughs> no and, and Tesla's success like does totally show what a gigantic blind spot the entire auto industry had totally in not realizing oh, like there's all these guys making a ton of money from technology and maybe cars should be trying to appeal to them mm -hmm. and and the thing is tech not not only are people making a lot of money in tech and can afford nice things but they have tech the, the high-tech sector has huge cult cultural sway right now right it is the place right it's what detroit was just so weird in the first half you ever of the hang out in menlo park it's so strange it's like the most introverted town. Yeah. <laughs> like, like my 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 wife um, worked at Facebook for two years. Okay, and so we had an apartment in Redwood City, and mm. she, we'd be up there and back, and and I'd be like, there are, and we had this balcony on our apartment. I mean, it overlooked Redwood City. It was lovely, yeah. but you'd hear. Muscle cars and shit all over you'd hear cars all over the place mm -hmm. and you'd see Tesla's and you'd see EVs and volts and Priuses and whatever and you know bike shares and all this bullshit yep. but you'd also Bruh! you know you'd hear that yep. oh that's a Shelby like Bruh! you yep. know and you'd hear it running around and so the people were spending the money on this stuff but there's no social life there like nobody goes out mm -hmm. it's like the most introverted like weird thing it was it was very so very strange. that was their individual experience of like wanting to experience something they, like a they, shelby yeah well a it's shelby. like they, you know it's like it's, it's, it's their like these shelby. awkward people that i meet at these car shows where the car is really an outfit for them yeah because they mm -hmm. can't really express it without the car you know absolutely yeah. and and cars have always been that to some extent yeah you know or tried to be that um and tesla has like that's it so tesla also just it's a it's a throwback in a way because in the first half of the 20th century and you know even up into parts of my lifetime even well not really but like car companies had cultural sway they right. showed people what the future was going to be at least through or, like or GM tried. Motorama and shit like yeah. that and but but yeah. even and and so the thing I compare Tesla's cell phone ness you know the the extent to which it is the most cell phone like vehicle um to, I I compare it in the book to tailfins. Right. 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 Because like it, it's about, you know, aesthetically communicating that you're in touch with whatever the hot vision of the future is right now. And, it, you know, people in the in the 50s and 60s, in the 50s, like they I mean, they did try to make rocket powered cars. Yeah. Like the Chrysler. Car, yeah. yeah. Leno's got one. Yeah. Oh, he I drives know. it. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, government money went to actually <laughs> seriously jet. Yeah. I'm sure. And like, obviously, that was really dumb. But like, what was really smart was having that the aesthetics of it. Yeah, right? yeah. And and yeah, they made cars that looked spaceshipy yes. and rockety for like 10, 12 years. Right. And really, really inspired by rockets. Right. So Tesla's UI and and the big screen it makes it the most like a, a smartphone of any car. Yeah. 
But then there's a question that nobody asks, which is, is a smartphone the right thing for a car? Are cars smartphones or or are they something else? Yeah. Does, does what works in smartphones also definitely work for cars? It's not necessarily the case, right? Because No, it's not. But some of it does. You know, I had a, I actually had a Model 3 for a week, like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I got uh, really used to interacting with the tablet. Okay. Um, I found it to be, well, first off, it's way faster than and, and more yeah. responsive than anyone else's touchscreen. Yes. And so just having that was was enough to really make it the best of those systems. Yep. I'm kind of excited by what I see with Ford's little mache, with right. the mache deal. <laughs> the mache. <laughs> the mache. That's, that's good. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to use that. And, uh, but, um, you know, it... it it was pretty nice, man. And I actually, I have to say, after using the um, cell phone key mm. for a week, I think that eliminating the, fo- it's time to eliminate the fob. Mm. Give me a key I can turn that's cut out of metal, yep. or give me my phone, yep. but we don't need the big heavy fob with the battery anymore, Yep, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like, like having the fob because then I don't have to worry about charging a separate thing. Like I know we all yeah, keep our phones pretty charged yeah. and stuff, but just well, I carry I the card as the backup. The credit like card the, is the backup. Yeah. Which, That's okay. which you do need. I, I guess I like. I would want to have heard a second system. I've the app's system. not perfect. I mean, there. Yeah. Well, so and I mean, your phone can die. Yeah. No, and it's a. I think what I've heard is is that there are challenges with the uh, just whole infrastructure of, yeah. of over there, and like sometimes. It just goes down for a while. We know it does. That would be a problem. I mean, yeah. Electric reported. <laughs> of all people. Yeah. So. No, I mean, there's like that kind of shit is, gr- and admittedly, that kind of stuff is great right up until it lets you down yep. and is the worst. Yep. And most people would never give their car the kind of leeway they give their phone. Yes. And and I you think know, that's what ever. people, that's what people, so, so the, the responsiveness of the Tesla yeah. screen, like that is, everything in engineering is a trade off. Right, mm-hmm. and and what do you trade off to maximize performance? Uh, durability, usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, this is where we go to the non-automotive grade screens. Yes. Does the Model Three have non-automotive grade? The Model Three screen, I have not investigated because I know that um, this I've was in the S. Busy. This was a big deal, right? Well, and the X, yeah, and the X. Yeah, so the X. you want to explain what what that is? <laughs> yeah. So, so in Ashley Vance's book, referencing it again. Um, I should uh, start charging him like commission yeah. on the sales. Cha-ching, I'm selling his cha-ching. book better than I'm selling my own. Um, it's an interesting enough topic that you could read multiple books. I oh no, there's room for like ten books yeah, on yeah. there. Yeah, no. Uh, Tim Higgins from the Wall Street Journal is writing a book. It's gonna be great. Cool. Like more the merrier. Like right. pile in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So so in Ashley Vance's book, Elon Musk brags. Uh, he tells this story about how um. You know their suppliers. They, they were talking to their suppliers about the Model S screen. They wanted to be the biggest. I think it's like 17 inches. Yeah. And uh, they kept referring them to the automotive division, and the automotive division didn't have anything, you know, big enough. Yeah. And so he went back and and you know was like, we'll just use this this thing. Uh, you know, this commercial grade, which it, is it pretty much actually. like a it's like a tablet screen, like a consumer grade. So it's not right. actually, yeah. So it's actually industrial grade. It's sort of in, like a little bit above most consumer spec, at like least within cash register, like touchscreen cash register kind like of grade. Industrial, like factories and oh, stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Right. So, so the main thing is that the thermal, what it, the the thermal extremes that it's tested to, are just a little bit higher. They're not quite automotive grade, uh-huh. and actually within automotive grade, there's several. It's 
you know, nerdy. It's not that simple. Stuff. Yeah. But but there's a minimum for automotive grade. It's it's just a little bit below it. And it, in what he told Ashley Vance was like, oh, our engineers tested it and it was fine. So like you know, the the auto industry implying the auto industry is just dumb for having yeah. their own automotive grade screen. It's just this dinosaur thing, right? So anyway, um, they use this this model of screen ends up being revised like four or five times or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a series of problems. And uh, I found out about it. The, there's like the lines, right? Lines is one. By reading, yeah, in the forums, you just start seeing these <laughs> things. I'm like, oh, you know, this has got to be some one-off little thing. And you get more and more and more of these st- people saying, yeah, that's happening to me too. It started off with uh, little bubbles would form on the side of the screen. Mm-hmm. What was happening is like the um, adhesive between the touch screen and the, and the actual display. Yeah, it was like uh, Would like lose its viscosity. Yeah, it would melt yeah. and like sort of like ultimately form bubbles and then drip out into your car. Yum. Yeah. So that was... I mean, the screen gets pretty hot just being on even like on a normal temperature day. Yeah, it is the climate hottest, control is operating it is, around it too. Yeah. The hottest part of the car. Like, so they... You can find studies of like, you know, thermally where, you know, where the extremes... It's right under the windshield. It's like cooking from the top. Totally. Everything comes together right there. Yeah. Plus Tesla throws in, you know, another GPU for the autopilot. Oh yeah, uh, on top a lot of, of processing it. power in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so that's heat. So, like you know, the I have I have a comparable example, which is when I went on the um, and I to use GM as an example, like. I think it's a good example because they're the like the biggest oldest lumbering machine around, yep. uh, and also because they're morally imperfect as well. But um, from strictly a hardware perspective, when I went to Road Atlanta for the Corvette ZR1 launch last year, the big 750 horsepower one, yep. they're um, they have that onboard uh, dash cam t- with the telemetry and all that stuff, the track timer or whatever they call it, right? And it was literally 720p. And I'm going, guys, it's 2019. What is this 720p bullshit? And they said, there isn't a 1080 camera that you can put inside of a windshield right now that can handle a 10-year durability cycle uh, in order up to our standards. And I was like, fucking bullshit. I'm carrying an iPhone. They're like, yeah, right. Leave your iPhone on your dash for like three days and the camera's going to melt. True. Yep. We, and, we've had GoPros shut down yeah, being yeah, outside, yeah. full exposure to air and stuff, oh. and they just they get too hot. Alex, was, Roy, and I lost like half our GoPros when we drove across India. Oh, uh, really? Uh, just yeah. from the sun? Just heat. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and so that, to, to ignore those standards, like, I... I it's it's I think the dichotomy of Tesla is like you move the industry forward, but sometimes it's like, bro, they figured some of this shit out. Yeah. You don't have to reinvent everything. Yeah, and it's actually really interesting talking to it's it's funny because there's a lot of companies out there that are clearly that started up since Tesla kind of became successful and are clearly inspired by them, but also privately uh, will say that they. Have learned a lot of lessons from Tesla yeah. about what not to do. Yeah, um, yeah. And, well, you and have to respecting auto, the, the existing auto industry is probably the most common one. Yeah. It's just like understand suppliers are um, actually pretty damn good at what they do and and are in a tough business themselves. Mm-hmm. And like you know, try and find mutually beneficial relationships instead of. Yeah. Like, you, there's always room for improvement in industries, but I think there can be a little bit of hubris when someone comes way from the outside and they go, watch how this is fucking done. Yeah. And someone's like, dude, I've been making headlights for 80 years. Like, Well, it's easy. I mean, 
I'm dealing with the bureaucracy of the city right now. You know what I mean? And building this building. And, and I've, I've told myself so many times, like, what, how could this be like this? What, you know, but I'm sure that behind this, what seems like something really stupid is a bunch of failures. And then someone made a procedure to avoid these types of failures. Mm-hmm. And I don't know it because I don't fucking know everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just yeah. like how life is. But like building cars is so fucking hard. Yep. So fucking hard. Yep. And. I think the hubris comes in not just like admitting that that is hard, right? And admitting that you're in like the manufacturing business because this, mm-hmm. what is this financial? Forget the stock, okay? Because yeah. I, I don't, I'm not betting on the stock, right? You only win on Tesla stock, by the way, by not fucking buying any. <laughs> Either way, up, down, just don't buy it. Just, just stay over here and watch. Yeah. Um, but like, how? Most companies will build a car for, call it $30,000, and then sell it for $40,000, and that's the business model. Right. That's not happening here, though, is it? (laughs) So what's happening? Well, the funny thing is, is that, is that, um, I mean, that is, right, that is what Tesla is, that's the business they're in. Mm -hmm. For for such a disruptive, quote-unquote, company, I mean, they are an auto manufacturer and seller, um, and which is... You know, um, there are definitely companies that are that are taking different approaches than that um, uh, to try to try different things. But look, you know what the, the story in the book is of Tesla underestimating how hard you know it was to develop and make a, a real car, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, running out of money, having to raise more, and getting into this cycle of having to continually raise you know large amounts of money on an ongoing basis, which then requires Stories. Yeah, the hype machine has to keep going. That's that's exactly right. Yep. And that's where you get into this pyramid-shaped structure, right? Where you, where the company can only survive and fix these problems if you get money by hyping the next product that may or may not exist. Yep. But you need that money because you got to fix this shit you told everybody you already fixed like six months ago. Right. And round and round we go. Right. But eventually what happens is you run out of stories. I And, <laughs> and honestly, I think full self-driving, yeah. I, I think that's, I don't know how much farther it can go on the, just on the tech side. Like I don't, the, the tech story, I think it's they're all they're all in on it yeah. and it doesn't look like a strong hand i i honestly like it, to me the only way to interpret that is just desperation they're they're not doing these things because they think they're so much smarter they can like rip people off or anything they're just doing what they have to they just to need survive. cash now <laughs> <laughs> Call JG. <laughs> need which, cash now. Which, like, you know, okay, but like, there's, you know, there's no humility about it. That's mm-hmm. that's the part that's weird, right? It's okay to have a business that has some things going really, really well for it, and other things not. You know, you can fix that if you get the right help. You allow yourself to be helped, but um, unfortunately, you know, Tesla has really become an extension of one person. And car companies used to be like that back in the old days when they were little and it was a Wild West business. Like you had I just these- saw Ford versus Ferrari last night, and yeah. that's that's they're, that's what they're going for the entire fucking flick. Yep. And yeah. there's thousands of companies that have that have gone bankrupt that were you know these these people. And what's emerged over time is big companies that are you know scientifically managed, quote unquote, for lack of a yeah yeah a better way of putting it. Um, 
you know, you don't see giant egos. Like, I mean, uh, so like Sergio Marchione was maybe an exception to this. Like yeah. Bob Lutz, obviously, is a big personality. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, that's the exception to the rule in the car business. And it's because it's a Yeah, you don't know the sport. CEO of most car companies right now. Even if you're a fan of cars, you yeah. generally don't know that. Well, to go, to go back to what you were talking about before of like when this celebrity... Uh, billionaire entity kind of emerged like you were saying back in the 50s 60s we know who the CEO of car companies was back then because they were a little more in the front line yep. um, but also it's I think it's taken a long time for those names to be passed to generations like we have to make movies like Ford versus Ferrari and, and you read these books by AJ Bame and stuff about like who was Henry Ford and da 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 and then in the 90s you had Steve Jobs and you had, you had computers that yep. finally become like personally you can own them personally and it changes the entire world. So everyone's excited. And then you speed up the information that can be spread. And now you can suddenly say, who made these amazing things we have? Those people. And you can get it put on your screen at your house and read about them. And it just like ramps up from there. Mm -hmm. So now whenever there's like a sexy new app that does really well or a new tech company, we have the hardware to hear about it. Yeah. And I think that that like that brought about the celebrity billionaire. And that's why you have Mark Cuban on a TV show. And everybody knows these names. Yep. Well, Hollywood also... Absolutely. Like placed Elon Musk at sort of the inspiration for Iron Man and whatever. Oh and yeah, like absolutely. our country is full of people that are so fucking stupid. They think that that shit's real. <laughs> like they literally think that shit's real. Well, we love a hero, and now we yeah. have we have the heroes used to be athletes, soldiers. Uh, and then in the '90s, it's like now we look up to smart people, and they say, you know, nerds are well because the earth. yeah, because like. If, he can code, I can code. Like, he's better yeah. at coding than me, but it's the same thing with fucking YouTube and podcasting and stuff. It's like, I don't know, how old are you, Ed? 36. Okay, so I'm 37, so okay. I don't know about you, but like, I like watching people do shit that I can't do. Yeah. I don't want to watch someone do the thing that I can do, right. but who just does it a little better than me. Right. I want to watch people do some crazy shit, but like, it seems like the audience now wants to relate to that person yeah, okay. so they're watching them play video games or they're watching them do Minecraft or they're watching them do a thing that they can also do. Yep. So I think that with software and, and, and creating of, 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 of shit like that, mm -hmm. that you know, the, the bones of that you can do. Yeah. So it seems achievable. Yeah. You know? Well, no, and, and, and really in a way, Tesla is filling, is, is, it's not so much doing something new as actually filling, I think, a gap that we didn't realize existed, mm -hmm. which was this sort of pres the cultural power of car companies, basically, right. and, and cars. That's been disappearing for for decades now. Yeah, and we kind of no one's really sure why. And I mean, well, there's a kind of a hatred cars. of cars in the in the it's it's in the mainstream. Cars yeah. are getting a little less cool. And you live in L.A. and <laughs> and driving them here is fucking shitty. It's well, it, driving them here sucks. For me, it is like the I think I said on Twitter, it's like the dream of automobility turned to a nightmare because right. it's exactly the opposite of what cars are supposed to do yeah and it's to help like you get farther faster yes and not be stuck with a bunch of other people in an uncomfortable right. shared space <laughs> you, i mean you i assume you know about the history of la and public transportation a little bit right a little bit if you go back to i want to say it's the 50s but it might be the 40s yep. la had a public transit system that was pretty good street cars and i don't know if there was underground subways but there was yep. definitely street cars and yep. trains and General Motors and Firestone Tires uh, got together and bought the Los Angeles public transit system 
and literally removed it yep. uh, in order to sell the city buses, GM buses on Firestone tires. Yep. And the tracks are still all over the fucking city yep. as a grim reminder of what we had, not even could have had, yep. what we had yep. and was taken away. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. No, so it, it was 1945. 45. And in 1945, a company called National City Lines took over the Los Angeles Railway and then over the next 20 years dismantled it. And the big investors of National City Lines were General Motors, Firestone, Rubber, Standard Oil, yep. and Phillips Petroleum. Just, now that's a just nutshell. Just a bunch like of really good article, companies but. who've never done anything to hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and like, you know, this history is why, you know, I'm sure people, you know, think I'm paid by big oil to bash Tesla. Like, you know, there is there is history of these big companies yeah. doing, doing bad things. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, plenty of companies do bad things today. And, like, I certainly, you know, even having written a book about them, I wouldn't say that, uh, that uh, you know, Tesla is bad, period. It's much too complicated no, Tesla to, to as a company bad. isn't bad. I think Elon as a CEO is incredibly reckless. Mm. Um, I would never invest in a company like that. The volatility would fucking make me blow my brains out. Yep. I think he's also, I read some of those transcripts with the uh, Vernon um, yeah. Uns, Unsworth, Unsworth the, yeah. the, the, the Thailand cave diver guy, the rescue guy. Remember the guy Elon called a pedo on Twitter? Oh, yeah, that was a big mistake. Bro, that shit's going to court, and the transcripts are insane. Yeah, there have been some interesting reading. <laughs> insane, dude. Uh, he's like a 12-year-old in courtroom. Like it's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's. I can't believe that guy's running things. Anything. Yeah. I have some friends who are lawyers who are constantly just like, like Elon Musk is actually apparently in in the legal profession is like kind of a a punchline almost. Yeah. Just as like the the worst possible <laughs> client. Him and Trump. Like, what could you know? Who could have a worse client than either of those two? Yeah. Right. That's a. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. Um, it is. But wait, where did I want to go with this? Uh, oh. Do you think Tesla's advantage in being the cool electric car company will be whittled down severely over the next five years as people may or may not buy mainstream built EVs? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a um, the competition question is, is like it's really interesting because they haven't had it. But that's kind of the main thing I think about is that like. They haven't had competition, and they haven't, you know, turned an annual profit like they haven't made right. money. And so, like any competition, even if the other one, you know, even if every new EV, every new premium EV, like flops relative to what they were hoping for, yeah, they will, you know, they'll still make a whittle dent away. And, a and Tesla yeah, yeah. just doesn't—they don't have margin to give. They don't. Is Tesla getting repeat business? That's gonna what's make or break them. If people are leasing or buying second or third ones, yeah, is I what mean, I'm interested in. Really, some people definitely. I yeah. mean, yeah, look, there are some people who just they love it. It's exactly what they want. Nothing even can compare. And but I think for a three. lot of people, it was the only option. Yeah. And now, I mean, you, the wealthy people adopted the Model S first, right? It was the electric Bentley. Yeah. Well, now you have an electric Porsche. Right. So, I, but that's one part of it. But as other EVs pop up, and you have people like myself or just people like in my tax bracket that wanted an EV but you can't afford <clears throat> a Model 3 or a Model S yep. and as other things come online and come of, become available besides just the e-golf and stuff now you suddenly have more competition and it's just taken a percent taken a percent yep. speaking of taken have you tried 
Tycon? I have not. No. It's no. very exciting. I've heard very it's good very things. exciting. Yeah. yeah. For someone who wants a little less of a cell phone and a little more of a dynamic experience. You want a, you want a car for your you want, you, a car. you want your car to be a car. You want your car to be a car. Yeah. But it's got enough in terms of um, the interfaces and stuff. Uh, Apple CarPlay being a wireless thing mm -hmm. yep. goes a long way towards making the touchscreen very friendly. Yep. Um, it, it was. I mean, it was expensive. The one I drove was one hundred eighty-seven grand. Yeah. But it was. Whew, was it fast? I yeah. mean, it was. It was the Porsche of EVs. Huh. Every bit of that. And I did a full bore launch at full power with about forty miles of range remaining. <laughs> which is excellent. I mean, I want full power yeah. until the battery's fucking dead. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Don't take my power away. Well, that, that's their their ability above Tesla, right? They can yeah. do it over and over and over and over Yeah, it's again. an EV built by a company that knows what endurance racing is. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, and I think that, like, I think, you know, clearly the car companies have noticed Tesla. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think they've ever felt, like, existentially threatened by them. But, um, you know, it's annoying. I think it's funny, when you talk to car execs, the thing that they... The reason that they complain about Tesla or they worry about Tesla has not to, nothing to do with the the sales volume. Even even now, it's it's about the mind share. It's yeah. like what they've been able to do. The media exposure, right? It's the, it's the free media. Yeah, it, and it's just they don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think all they can all they can do is offer a competition that really does um highlight, you know, the things that the, the industry does well. So like making durable cars. Yeah, and uh, you know, reliable cars. Uh, and not having to wait three part, you know, three months for parts. Yeah, and, and service, yeah. Parts, you know? parts supply chain is not exciting, but it's really like the 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 Tesla authorized body shop in my area that I know. They keep their cars inside a wall, mm -hmm. you know, with a motorized gate because they don't want looky loos coming in. But yep. I I drive by sometimes and the gate is open and the stack is deep yep. per se. Yep. Lots of front end damage. People drive their Teslas into shit. Yeah, well, it's a it's a really powerful car. Most people, are, I think, a lot of people buy it that have no experience. Well, with I had a power. Lexus ES, and then I I think the Model yeah. S is really nice. It's whoosh. it is a bit of an upgrade for my Prius. It's a huge power upgrade. It's jumping from any other car into a Hellcat that's silent. Yeah. Do you remember Leno had that great Prius joke from like you know ten twelve years ago, which was like the Prius is the perfect car to show everybody the good work you're doing anonymously. <laughs> and it's like, you see this ugly egg I'm driving? Yep. I'm doing this for you. Yeah. And when the Model S came out, um, Leno, who did actually buy a Model S, pretty much was like, you know, now I've got this thing. Right. He's like, this has all that smugness of the Prius, yes. but it looks like a Bentley, or yep. it looks like an Aston Martin, mm -hmm. and it goes like a Ferrari, yep. you know? And he's like, and I don't have to make the sacrifices anymore yep but do you think it's interesting that in your book you refer a couple times to the original elon blog post mission statement yeah which basically lays out a rough financial plan and company plan yeah strategy yeah based on building cars for everybody yes at, an, at a reasonable price yes and having the expensive cars pay for the affordable cars later yes what would have been a better move there <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that I, you know, it's, it's, it's actually been, I think it's really good. Like the, for them anyway, I think a lot of people, one of the things that allows them to give themselves, you know, permission to, to buy this for themselves or whatever, even if they can afford it, people have hangups around this stuff sometimes. And, um, it's the, uh, oh man, 
completely lost my train of thought. It's okay. High end first to low end. Status oh yeah, yeah. They're paying for the the um the you know the poor people. You know, so that they can someday have a Tesla. You know, I'll have the oh, best car yeah, in the world, yeah. and it's helping and if I support the less it, fortunate someday be able to, you know, take out a loan and get a Tesla. Such horseshit. But it, it works though. It's, it's extremely so effective. Yeah, but it, and I think it, yeah, it's unnecessary. And I think the the big thing is just like that tech market that you know why why didn't car companies see it? In in retrospect, it's so obvious. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and now you know everyone's doing the same. The same style. Like to me, was. like, why isn't every Rolls Royce electric? Yeah. That seems so obvious to me. Yep. Like giant heavy cars that just need to be smooth and like. Yep. How many Phantoms are going on road trips? Like none. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. What would, would it be a problem if a Phantom weighed sixty five hundred pounds because it had a million batteries? Nope. Yep. No one gives a shit. Like, why isn't Rolls Royce a fully electric brand? It feels like it should be. Yeah. I mean, you know? if it if it were, then you know, like. Lucid, for example, yeah. right? like would might not be a thing, but it's the the car companies are like letting in this opportunity for people to to do these startups. Do you think do that's what they because they want to let them take on some of those fails and then acquire them at the right time once they have the tech and are cheap and fucking yeah. falling apart? So like the car business is like trench warfare, <laughs> and uh, there's no first mover advantage in trench warfare. Yeah, first guy out of the trench gets shot. And probably the second, third, whatever, and it's the you know, it's the ones that you, you you know in the car business, it's a survival game. There's no, you know, there's no car that comes out and just like takes up half the market. It's mm -hmm. it's it, there are differences. There's competition, and and the market moves, but it's actually quite quite stagnant because there's just a couple of really big players, and they all benchmark each other. Yeah, and they're all putting on very similar products, and you know, consumers don't know anything really. About yeah. about it, they're working with very low Maserati of, customers have never been in a Dodge Charger, sir. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, they've just they've just you know they have gotten complacent. That's the thing. So, like the the thing that Tesla fans say, which is like, oh, the car company's gotten lazy. You know, they have. That's the thing. Like Tesla has they they went into a, a an opportunity that was there. They they have made quite a bit of it. Unfortunately, they just didn't do the things that I think are going to make them like really sustainable over the long run. Yeah, where do you? Uh, what is your? Do you have a prediction? Do you think they'll be acquired by a major OEM and become a sub brand or something? I, you know, so that's they had partnerships with Toyota and Daimler, and like that to me was sort of the moment that like everything could have been different. Mm -hmm. If they'd just been like, oh wait, like we do some stuff really well and some stuff really badly. You do some stuff really well and some stuff really badly. And oh my God, they match up perfectly. If we just made this relationship work, mm -hmm. we could fucking take over, right? But, I mean, that that would be a very nice way for it to work, but if it's a giant company, a giant company, and they're getting involved with another company, like Ford versus Ferrari, they might yeah. be encountered to get involved, they might start changing too many things, and you have just too many cooks in the kitchen, and it could just grenade the whole thing. That, is always, that is always a risk. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, absolutely. But- um, I, you know, even if you, even if you, and, and like car companies are having to do that with autonomous, right? So like GM bought Cruise, but yeah. like they're keeping it as a separate thing. And I think that, you know, there are political battles about, you know, how much control GMOs have, but like, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I want to talk about Autonicast and autonomy for a minute, but before we ditch off of Tesla, the last, the last question and thought on Tesla yeah. is, and I wanted to think about how to phrase it, like... Do, do you think it's odd? I my my takeaway on Tesla after reading your book and a bunch of other stuff about yep. it 
is that the the things that Tesla has contributed to the industry in the last 10 years are very real and very significant. Yes. But they would have done all of them anyway if Elon didn't act like such a piece of shit all the time. Yeah. His actions exclusively undermine the good that the con company does. Yep. Yep. Like, he almost never does anything that is like, wow, you really moved the ball forward for the company there, Elon. But he constantly makes them look terrible. But yeah, I mean, but, but would the company even exist without him? Right. No, 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 they wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't. But let's say they'd, can, they'd built and sold the cars and he just like fucking chilled out yeah, and yeah. didn't like rage at people and like try and sue journalists and fucking get all vindictive about shit. Like... They'd still be making those strides. Like, well, I think it's it's the personality that 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 gave him the confidence and cockiness and drive to make the thing. But now it, we're seeing it, we see it on the outside. We don't see inside the factory like what decisions are made that move the ball forward. We just see the public things. Like remember Bobby Knight, the basketball coach yeah. that like got in trouble with, like choking someone. Yeah. Sure. But his teams were winning for like eight years in a row. He just they had some crazy record. And you're like, oh, well, he drove them really hard to do really well, and then they won a lot. But he was a piece of shit, and oh, that's how he got it done. Oh, I hate the fucking end justifies the means shit. I'm not I saying the end justifies it, I but hate I'm it saying- in, I hate it in billionaire worship and governments and cars. I'm yeah. saying when we see his head pop up on Twitter about an issue, the same fuel that makes him respond in that way may be the same fuel that made him- Make this company, make, you know, make a million decisions and no, move it forward. I think he just hired the right smart people, or hired some people that hired the right smart people. Yeah. I don't. I think he gets too much credit. No, and I think it's easy also to be like, you know, oh, there's no personalities in the auto industry anymore. Like, you know, whatever, you know, it's the soy, you know, or wh yeah, whatever. Right? That doesn't bother me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> that, yeah. I don't. But, that, but what I'm saying is, I think I want, what we I may want be race learning. drivers with personalities, but I don't. Right. Need, I don't need car CEOs to be right. And if you think about it, managing a company of thirty thousand people or more, like you, you. You know, can't be a maniac. No, you have it's to tedious be everything work. That, uh, that, that he isn't. Yeah, it's, it's tedious. Yeah, exactly. my dad. That's what my Cost father's done for forty years. Like it's management. reading spreadsheets and yeah. sleeping. Like yeah. it's all <laughs> and good. A lot of meetings. It's not fucking Twitter. I assure you. Right, and like the car, the car business is kind of boring for good reasons. Yeah, and like people forget that a hundred years of evolution with like thousands of companies going bankrupt along the way. Is, has given us the boring industry that we love to, you know, it's mm -hmm. so easy to take shots at. But like, and it's funny because I started, you know, at the Truth About Cars, like going after Detroit. That's what we sort of did there. Yeah. Um, and really focused on them. And uh, so I certainly, you know, have no illusions about these companies, you know, the, the traditional auto industry companies. Yeah. Like, they're no, they're no angels. No. Right? And they, they make lots of mistakes. Um, and actually, I'm kind of interested, like it's gonna be fun to to cover things other than Tesla because there's yeah. a lot going on. Um, but the, there's a lot of whataboutism. If you criticize Tesla, yes. the whataboutism comes out. And I and okay, none of these other companies are perfect, but we're you also don't have people going to bat for their CEOs on Twitter either. Right. right. You don't have like fanatics for the CEO of. Audi, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It just it just doesn't happen. True, right? Whereas these people will fucking go to the mattresses yep. for this billionaire that would hang them out to dry in two seconds if he thought they were that 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 they were going to say something negative about him. Yeah. So w one of the the things I'm really glad I I sort of got out of um you know starting off at, at the truth about cars um was you know the guy who ran it Robert Farago you know he was. His main project was predicting the and and documenting the the fall of the Detroit auto you know Detroit yeah. automakers. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, he was certainly, you know, right about that. He got pretty close, actually. Yeah. One, and yeah, I mean, they did. They, they went bankrupt. Yeah. He just didn't figure there would be a bailout. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and which is like how I got my job. Like, yeah. that's how I got started is I had a political science background and was like, oh, I'll write about cars because it's, there was this opportunity and I got sucked in. Hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. Um, God damn it. Eh, stupid weed. Yeah. No. Um, it's. Uh, I think I, we're. I think we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, building cars is boring, and building cars and really it, well is fucking boring. It's it, not a so glamorous soap opera. Right. No, it's not. And it's and, like not a cult of personality. No, and and it's Tesla's become entertainment too. Yeah. Like that's and and again, like car companies, I think used to be like that. They used to play that kind of role in people's lives. Yeah. And so he's really just filling some. Like I said, it's something that we didn't realize was missing. We mm. know the car industry has gotten less interesting, but like that role specifically of, of the future. And I think there's an interesting- Well, the phone has kind of, the, the cars got less interesting, yeah. the phones got more interesting, Com and now we are yeah. merging the phone and the car. The era of the car is over, the era yeah. of the computer has, has, has come. Yeah. And again, it's, it is amazing that, you know, for all the market research and stuff that, that car companies do, that they didn't realize like, Wow, like the tech sector just does have more cultural sway than us by a long shot. Like, why? Let's find out why. Let's find out what we can do about that, which they're doing now with yeah. all these autonomous vehicle investments. And I mean, despite the like fact that. that car companies drive each other's product and benchmark each other, yep. I think that what you see over and over with people who work at car companies is they're all in their fucking, they're all in their bubbles. Yeah. They're all in their bubbles. It's I true. Mean, um, and, and, and they don't, to, to a, a Toyota, mm -hmm. the idea of building that a Model S would make no fucking sense at all. Right. And to, in the same way that um, to a Ford, you know, if 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 Ford was going to do a partnership with an ultra luxury brand right. and try and build an ultra luxury car, Ford doesn't even know how to do that. Yeah. Ford wouldn't be able to build an ultra luxury car, no matter what resources they put in it. Yeah. They just wouldn't because they just don't. You know, they just couldn't do it. There's like a it's like a tribal knowledge thing, yeah. right? Like it builds up over time, and I think that's the other thing people don't realize. Like like with Tesla, they're you know working people too hard, so they have this crazy turnover. And I think it's because people really avoid that in the auto industry because they know like accumulating knowledge mm -hmm. um, is is really important. Because again, when you have a thirty thousand employees. You can't manage all of that. Yeah, yeah. You can't, and so you have to have a culture that allows people to understand, like what it is that we're trying to do, what it, what is sort of generally the right way to approach stuff. Yeah. Um, so that everyone's kind of on the same page, and when you have sort of turnover and and just constant chaos, yeah, uh, that that just never really happens, and so that's just something that Tesla just. Doesn't have, and, that, and then it manifests itself in in the cars. Yeah, ultimately. everybody leaves, and then and then just their their stories are just are just crazy. Like <laughs> some of the things that like you the know shit that they say that goes on behind the scenes. Some of which is in your book. Some of which, which yeah. The book is called Ludicrous: The Unvarnished Story of Tesla Motors, and it's good. I bla I fucking blasted through this in about five and a half hours. It was great. So I wanted it to be like easy to read. Yeah, so I, I kind of like tend to be long winded. I kind of tend to write more. I consider it like more for an expert audience mm -hmm. or like people, you know, but I really tried to make a little bit more of an effort with this one to, to be something that like, anybody could, could just yeah, pick up. You can. Um, and my wife read it too and she liked it. Yeah. And um, I think, I think that, you know, the other thing is it's not just about Tesla. Like it is, is absolutely about Tesla, but I do think it's about the, the reason Tesla is what they are is because they really reflect certain things about the times that we're living in. Yeah. And I tried to try to make some of those 
those connections in the book um, because there, there are sort of bigger issues just around the role of technology in our lives, the tech industry specifically. Yeah, you know, um, and and you know what what is their culture really, and how do we as a broader society feel about their role in it? Because it it really worries me that their culture seems to be that we can fix anything, any problem technology can solve. It is an unlimited resource that will fix anything, but it doesn't fix like people really. It yes. doesn't. It doesn't fix like like it, it like you can have a facebook page with like 10,000 friends and be like super lonely yeah you know it doesn't actually fix the way that people really interact with each other and in fact can be like really isolating i think yeah so so um i recently got to do um i was the first uh media person to ride on a fully driverless waymo okay uh, in chandler in, in was this for the autonocast which you are a co-host of no actually i wrote this for TechCrunch. Oh, okay. uh, with my my co-host kirsten korsak worked with her on it but waymo yeah waymo asked me to like be the first journalist to, uh -huh. to write fully driverless no one behind the wheel uh -huh. which is weirder than you might expect but um i also got to talk to a bunch of their ux people like user experience and what's amazing is their technology is clearly the best right like their waymos waymos uh -huh. yeah i mean whatever I, it's impossible to really really judge it like uh -huh. properly um alex roy and i probably have a long conversation about that but like uh yeah um but when it comes to the product itself like they, you know, they. I'm not sure they really know what they're doing. In fact, they're doing a lot of research into people because they're finding out that um, drivers don't just drive. Drivers do more than drive. When you have an Uber or a Lyft, there's a person there. Yeah. You don't like to think about it because we do live in a time where people don't want to have interactions with people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, and uh, but when the human is suddenly not there, all of a sudden you really appreciate yeah. what they're able to do because computers are really good at some things but mm -hmm. they're not adaptable yeah they're not flexible yeah i, I to me the idea that the, the idea of just autonomous driving just the words yeah. is like Dude, driving is so much more than pressing pedals and turning a wheel. Like, yep. It's so much more. Like it's, my eyes are doing so much scanning all the time, and I'm constantly going. If that guy steps out of that crosswalk, what am I gonna do? If that car comes here, what am I gonna do? If da -da 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 you know what I mean? And I'm like just flexible about those things, like always, yep. real time. Yep. It's super social. Yeah. Driving, people don't think of driving as a Looking social thing. Looking at other people's thing. eyes and how their heads are moving. You are constantly communicating mm -hmm. in ways, like on subconscious levels. Yeah. And you know, they say that like, you know, it, I don't know, some huge amount of communication happens non-verbally uh, a lot of times. And um, and uh, I think that happens in cars. I think cars are a really totally. interesting way to do that. And so like, yeah, for me, like one of the things that makes autonomous drive technology interesting is that you have to start to understand. You have to kind of decode the subconscious conversation of traffic. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can see, you can be driving past the gas station. You know, you're approaching, it's 500 feet away, and you see someone coming out of the gas station, and you just see them press the gas a little more, leaving their spot than a normal person. You're like, that person is eager to go. They're yeah. probably going to crunch their bumper, leaving, like going down this ramp, but yep. they're getting in front of me. And you have to see that stuff like in the parking lot before it even happens, and yeah. you pick it up. You practically make a psychological profile of, yeah, of someone subconsciously yeah, before yeah. you even fully register you know who consciously like like what is that what you know who is actually in there right yeah. 
But like, aside from the very obvious cases of disabled people who can't drive, the blind, yeah. whatever, uh, the, the the elderly, the very sick, and on and on, I have a really hard time believing that the resources that are being used to develop autonomous cars are actually being used wisely and aren't just being funneled into a way to sell us a new shiny thing that doesn't really solve the fucking problem they say they're trying to solve. Yeah, um, that's a that's a, a a very understandable perspective for sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, uh, yeah, like so so with self driving cars, it was approached purely as a technology problem. Mm -hmm. And again, like Waymo is, you know, solving it. You know, in certain areas, it's like the easiest place in the right, world. Right, right. Chandler, right? Arizona it's, is the the yeah. grittiest, sunniest, well, most yeah. well marked place yeah. ever. Definitely level one. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, like in the video games, it's not the SAE level. Yeah, New York yeah. is yeah. boss level. Whereas like Boston, uh, yeah. oh, Boston is the double black M diamond. Mumbai. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In, oh, India yeah. is boss or, level. Yeah, mm. rural India. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> But um, but so so they thought it was just a technology problem. It's like if we can teach this car to drive, you know, it will change the world. Yeah, right? like that's what that was what the thing was. Okay, so we're getting close. Now it turns out there are other problems that are that are human problems uh, that we uh, have to fix to make this into a real product, right? And and that's on the UX side. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, in general, like humans, uh, you know. The, the business part of it, they like what is really the the place where this is actually going to make sense as a business? Yeah, and, it, and it's super not clear. And even Waymo, right? Like like they can't do one of the most important uh, uh, ride hailing uh, runs, which is to the airport. They can't do the airport because I, I guess the drop off zone is just uh -huh. too dynamic, it's unpredictable, and too crazy. Yeah. So um and and also like you know people yeah like like it's hard to to train a computer to be flexible and adaptable enough to respond to the random stuff that happens and that any human driver would be able to do right. without any real education. See, they education always use this or, metric, right, of the computer's driven 300,000 miles, right? But, like, how much learning can a computer do in one mile of driving versus how much learning can a human do in one mile of driving? Yeah, and so, what, what's the mile like? Or what yeah, are 300,000 yeah. miles like? Yeah. Our problem is not that computers are better drivers than us. Our problem is that we're much better. We have the, the capability of being, mm -hmm. you know, much better than I think the current state of, but we don't use it. Yeah, and that's that's really the the crisis. I think is that like it's it's untapped human potential. Right, like people who'd want to develop defendants of autonomous technology, and many of these people are Tesla freaks. the The argument is that a uh, fully self driving Tesla, which doesn't exist right yeah. now, but and, in is better than the average human driver right it's like okay well what about better than the best human driver right what about better than average drivers given training that is commensurate with other countries training yes like yes what like the the standard they're using to say this system is better than eh, yeah. it's better than fucking terrible yeah <laughs> and but it's not like, <laughs> the, the problem though is just like you know are you know would you bet on people Using no. more of their potential? No. No, but are we I trending would, the right direction? No, no but, if we're giving, love convenience. but if these guys are getting crazy tax breaks and getting government funding for doing it, yeah. how about we revamp the driver training standards? 
Yeah. The no, licensing no. standards. The, and, you know and, what I mean? Yeah, no, and, and the, the argument like say all of a sudden auto safety got super popular when, when A V started being everywhere. Yeah. Like all of a sudden everyone's like this auto safety advocate and it's like, well what what is your suggestion besides we'll just replace it all with this thing that we don't even freaking have yeah. yet? You know? Um and Did uh, you post that study about the people who were given chauffeurs for a week? No. Uh, someone posted it. They were like, someone did a study and it was like, we found, we 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 had trouble figuring out like how people's habits would change if they had an autonomous vehicle. Right. And so we gave them, they had a car right. that, that they drove for a week, whatever yeah. they wanted to drive. Right. Then they had for a week, or maybe it was two weeks and two weeks, for two weeks they had a chauffeur. And the chauffeur would go wherever you want, do anything you want, yep. and it could. He, the chauffeur could do basic pickups, like it could go get a pizza without you. Mm -hmm. It could go pick up the kids without you. Okay. So like basic things that like where you you know in theory, and the uh, what's the metric? Is it a road miles driven, total road miles driven? What's uh, that vehicle metric? miles traveled? Vehicle miles traveled. Yeah. Right. So that's sort of the metric of how how much more or less the car is used. Right. Right. Eighty three percent more yep. vehicle miles traveled yep. with the fucking. AVs. Oh, of course. That's not going to solve traffic at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be fucked. It's yeah. And 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 I think really one of the things that actually even like the self-driving car companies are sort of just coming to grips with is that like the idea of what a car is like just on a very broad popular level is something that's been developed for a century with like billions of dollars a year right. spent shaping it right and so it's become this very specific thing and so when we think about autonomous vehicles we can't help but base our imagination of that on this very well-developed uh -huh. idea and maybe even to some extent you know like i mean like the funny thing is tesla's successful i think in part because again they're they're bringing aspects of the future but in a way that's totally unchallenging and doesn't require any actual change from people, which is right. going out and buying a car and owning it. Yeah. Right? Like, like, and the shared pods thing is where it gets real hazy. Uh, well, so the, the idea that, the, that, yeah, that it makes sense for the business that they've outlined, which is people let, you know, letting their private cars just go work for them. Right. Uh, it's, it, it, even, even if you assume the autonomy thing, just works, which is like a gigantic it's stretch. A huge I, leap. I don't even. It's yeah, um, but uh, even with that, those cars are not built to be taxis, right? In, in any sense, and like in terms you, of durability, in oh, terms of like who's cleaning this thing, yes. in terms of like all of this kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, interior. In fact, I would argue that a Tesla. In fact, I did argue in my review that's coming out soon that a Tesla Model Three is possibly the first car designed from new to be disposable. Hmm. It feels it's nice. Yeah, it feels nice, but it's also simultaneously feels utterly recyclable and disposable. Yeah. Is that because of the tablet in it, or the it's because of a lot like of things? It's because of the materials, the plastics, the 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 tablet. It, it, none of it feels like anything worth saving for one second beyond its immediate usefulness. Yeah. I mean, cars have kind of been trending a little bit in that direction anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about old cars is you sit in it and it's just like metal. Like I suppose, wood. but it's real, but the digitalness of it really removes any sense of permanence. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, right, like uh, the smartphone, we live in a time where, you know, for a lot of people, their most important possession is their smartphone yeah. and it is you know a cutting edge thing that 
that you just replace. Yeah. And yeah. you know, every you know every year, year there's yeah. a new version. There are and plans. every three years there's like a brand new yeah. version. Yeah. So I mean if you think about it, like that's you know, I think with Tesla, you know, you keep just connecting the way it does things with the way the world is sort of becoming. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the story is important. Like that's why I think people who are not interested in cars or or whatever should should read the book, buy the book. I think it's an uh, interesting Silicon Valley story. It tells you something about the world we're we're living in. Yeah. And like like even, you know, if if we lived in a world uh, where you know a significant percentage of Americans who read newspapers say, well, f- first of all, you know, a lot of Americans read newspapers, and a certain percentage of them uh, worked in factories. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tesla would like. I don't think the myth would take off because people who are familiar with manufacturing, you know, it's funny people like like the the Tesla shorts talk about every, like people's awakening. You know, like yeah. like when they when they wake up and like it's different things for different people. And a lot of times it'll be when when Elon. It's actually more about Elon than Tesla. It's like when he gets into your subject area uh-huh. then all of a sudden you're like wait a second like this guy this guy doesn't know anything yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> very funny so uh, i mean i listened to elon on joe rogan yeah. and i'm going on joe rogan on december oh, 3rd awesome um and i i i'm sure we'll talk about this because mm. he, he, he you know joe went out and bought a tesla after right. 100d and he, by all counts he really likes it sure but he said some shit about it on a show recently that was fucking wrong <laughs> and, I, and and i feel like he um you know, I you know I I think Elon is probably very charismatic if you've got him one on one and right. and but I listen to him talk about his tunnel and shit. He sounds he doesn't sound like he fucking knows what he's doing. He sounds yeah. like he's throwing shit at the wall and sees what sticks. Yeah, and I think just realistically, like how much can one person do well? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you can do all kinds of you know people can do all kinds of things, but how many things can can someone really do well? well I think one of the reasons SpaceX works well is because he kind of leaves them alone to just do their shit. Yeah, that and and the fact that they have a, a COO in in Gwen Shotwell who's you know really widely respected, and that he hasn't done that in the car business, you know, it, it tells me that you know something else a thread that goes I think through 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 the book and how I see the company is that Tesla is about him yeah and it's about creating an image for him yeah. i think that when you know people say oh it's not about the money for him like clearly you know he cares about the stock price and stuff but like really i think if you look at the history um the very first fight he had with martin neighborhart was about new york times coverage oh calling him a founder right yeah he wasn't well that was what their eventual lawsuit was about but oh. yeah it was these, the first time they really fought was about new york times stories that like either didn't mention him or said he was just the money guy yeah and so it's always been like about creating this myth for him and uh that's well, why it lets him bang supermodels and it lets him hang out with celebrities and it's you know that shit is, a, that shit is mad addictive no, but it's more mad addictive it's more than any of that too he's a hero and in a time when there aren't a lot of heroes yeah, like it's, oh, the, it's the folk hero thing, right? It is, which is silly when a fucking a diamond magnate's son. I mean, Jesus Christ! The guy had a fucking his father was owned a diamond mine for fuck's sake in apartheid South Africa. I think it was an emerald this, mine. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fact check: emerald, <laughs> middle class which, emerald. By mine. the way, are rarer and more expensive <laughs> in apartheid South Africa, and this is your underdog. Yeah. Fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, and and just like yeah, I, if you can have a hero, um, why why does that hero have to like attack anybody who's even a little bit critical, right? Like yeah. like where the the insecurity and and like he's the, unfortunately this culture has built taken on a life of its own. Like that's the the scary thing about Tesla is that just people just get radicalized. Yeah, and then next thing you know they're 
you know, threatening journalists <laughs> yeah, or whatever. It gets real crazy. Yeah, it gets it gets it gets really crazy. And like, because they I didn't when they buy into the myth, you know, they uh, they absorb that responsibility and those threats personally. Yep. You know, yep. it's fucking crazy. Yep. And it's like, and, and again, it reflects the times because like, look at you know the I don't know like the you know pop pop fans and like you know the fandom has yeah. become much more of a thing from the internet and it's yeah. funny because yeah. i think about when i was a kid when i first heard about the internet i was like oh man everyone's gonna be connected to each other and everyone's gonna be connected to all the world's information this is gonna make us so much smarter <laughs> and, and boy way, was i wrong it? yeah no, well you also and you. with tesla you've got the referral codes yeah. so everybody's a yes. salesman yeah, so exactly. you have you do have a financial incentive to promote the company 100%. and you have the stock you have the stock, so you have a financial incentive to pump it if you want to invest. And also, you've got a, in in Elon's Twitter habits. Yes. You know, if you suck up to Elon hard enough, he might retweet you. Yes. And now you're the fucking celeb for a day in the Tesla forums. This is something that people outside of online media don't understand. Yeah. They're like, like you know, how how does it all work? And it's like, yeah, one click from Elon. Yeah. And well, you've got 25 million people, <laughs> you know, and the, I'm sure the click rate is huge because it's yeah. not just the size of his audience, it's how passionate they are. Yeah. And even the littlest hint of an endorsement literally has made people's social media careers, websites, yeah. all kinds of things. And and he's brilliant because he has recently sort of started playing them off each other, right? Like these companies, literally, websites have sprouted up just to cover Tesla. Um, they electric. I mean, we there's a whole bunch of them, yeah. right? And and some work, you know, EV websites and have just kind of become Tesla sites. Um, and uh, it, you know, he plays them off each other. And I think you know he spreads those clicks around, and he get he realize it. It's now a competition. Yeah, people compete for the best Tesla propaganda. This is so Trumpy. It is so Trumpy. Well, I, I mean, say, it, I would say seriously, it's exactly the same strategies. It's it's fucking crazy how close the. I, the I would strategies say it's are. actually just political discourse in general. Like even before Trump came about, but the news was drifting towards what gets the most clicks. That's why yeah, so yeah, much yeah. of the news was destroyed. And to go back, the psychology. It might have started with Obama, to be fair, but yeah. there, it there, might oh, have. it's been the, yeah. the follow for follow. You guys remember that follow for follow? Uh, that dumb shit on yeah, Twitter when yeah. it was like, if you follow me, I'll follow you. And yep. you'd see people with an account that has five million followers, and they're promising fans. Paris Hilton, oh, if you follow me, I'll follow you. And everyone goes, oh my god, yeah, and, and click, and then she's back off, or whoever it is, yeah. or like for like. And it's just, it's a little bit of dopamine that keeps the fans yeah. hungry yep. for that attention, but then it makes them more and more rabid, and, and they defend that person. Dude, more we're, and more I, and I more. mean, nobody's a Immune to that. No, I get, if I get some fucking social media love from someone that I consider to be a big celebrity, yeah. I get super, super excited. Well, Bro, I got a fucking huge adrenaline hit the other day because I just got a little ding. Ice T followed you. I uh, remember. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm absolutely. here. Final level. <laughs> I, am, I am here. Yeah. You know, you it it, it you get it, and, and but to when you buy into it fully and then you get it even more it's like woo yeah yeah no. avoid that and and right and you have these financial interests and you're convinced that it's you're saving the planet yeah and it justifies anything you yeah. can do anything and you're the good guy it's like toxic fandom it, they're the good guys fast and furious dude you got you got to come and see this okay fast and furious musical parody <laughs> december 13th they're they're out of their fifth show zach and i went to the last show I'm telling you, 
This is so much funnier than you think it's going to be. No, it sounds great. <laughs> it sounds amazing. The people, I'm, Joey and Brad, who wrote this, and the people who perform it, these guys are really smart, and this is like the it's like the Team America of Fast and Furious. Oh my god, is seriously socially conscious in a in a very fucking funny way, and uh, I have been singing the songs to myself <laughs> repeatedly. Can you find it? As Zach's looking for it. It's at the Dynasty Typewriter Theater in Hollywood. I'll keep plugging the fuck out of these people because they are so funny and someone needs to give them a million dollars or a Tony or both. <laughs> um, if you can come back to town on December 13th, I'm going to go again. Yeah. Go buy a ticket. Where are the tickets? DynastyTypewriter.com. Um, but yeah, you should see that. But he, you literally just said like... Any like what you just said about anything's justifiable, justifiable when you're the good guys. Yep. They have a song about that. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my God. It, it's now so I, much smarter than yeah. I expected. We're it's doing crimes and solving crimes and doing crimes and solving <laughs> crimes, and we do it all in cars. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, good. I, I, uh, December thirteenth. Huh? Yeah, all right. Great. I think. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything from the people? Before we wrap this up, mm. uh, a couple, oh, a couple in the super chat. Do you want to talk about a tonic cast? Is that what you said before? Well, Did I wanted we to divert? plug it, okay. and we, I wanted to get your thoughts on the the AV space. Cool. I oh. think we've done that. We did that. Yeah. Okay, just yeah. checking on the autonic cast. Mm. Is it you and always Alex, or is you and a variety of guests? Yeah, no. So it's me and Alex and uh, Kirsten Korsak from TechCrunch. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes when we have Alex is a tough man to schedule. Sometimes yeah. uh, he's got special operations all the time. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know, sometimes sometimes he won't be able to make it. And actually, too, because he works for a, an autonomous vehicle company. Oh yeah, so does he like, have to abstain? Certain, so with certain guests, we give them the option. And actually, most of the time, they're totally cool with it, yeah. and he actually just sort of holds back um, with questions. Um, so we're making it work. Cool. Um, yeah. It's um, it's a really, really interesting industry, but it's also just like the disconnect between people who know how it works and yeah. the general public is so fucking huge. Yeah. No, like, it really is. People straight up think they're like our self, like the Teslas are self-driving cars. I mean that bolt, that horseshit marketing works. Oh yeah. I mean, no, absolutely. The fact that they're selling a fucking seven thousand dollar full self-driving option right now that does absolutely nothing is crazy. Yeah. If you bought, if if you lease, if you got a three-year lease on a same Model S right when that announcement was made, yeah, it came and went. And, and you paid full. You literally driving. paid. Your car is gone. You paid for nothing. And you paid for nothing. You gave him seven grand for nothing. Wait, what? If you so explain if you how this have, works, if you had a three-year lease in October of 2016, when Elon Musk said all cars being made today uh, have uh, the capability or like the hardware for full self-driving, we just need you to have to check a box software. for full self-driving. Oh yeah, and it's like seven thousand. So I can't remember. It, it's the prices, seven. No, the prices it's seven. varied. Yeah, I, so, it might have started a little lower, mm -hmm. but the Model Three I just drove, it's seven. Yeah, and and I think they they say you know because it's so valuable, they're gonna like keep raising the price, which is like so, some of this stuff is almost like. Almost a little laughable. Yeah, like oh, it's you know every it six months does, it we're gonna do make anything. it more expensive. It doesn't do anything, but, it, but it's a promise of one day it will. Seven grand. Well, yeah, so the promise, <laughs> but the promise is not even just that like your car is gonna drive yourself. Um, it's that it will go out and earn money for you. Yeah, that, I saw that on Twitter. And I laughed really hard. Yeah, and there was a financial advisor that jumped in the Twitter scape with <laughs> me and some journalists, and he was defending this idea. And I went, this guy. Tells Don't give him stock. your money. That you is, think this is ridiculous. Short everything that guy owns. Yeah, it was crazy. Like what? It's not going to. And there were people. There were stories of people like writing to Tesla and saying, "Hey, I, I took my car in to trade it, 
and they're only going to give me forty five thousand dollars. Like I don't understand. Yeah. Like, oh, you fucked up. Yeah, in, you're in a lot of ways. You have too much money, and not any sense. A moron. Um, let's see. A couple questions from the front. one. Epstein didn't kill himself. I like it. Hmm, nice. I like it. I believe it. Uh, wait, is is that the top one? Vlad top. says, "What do you think?" Well, boy. He's paying in Swiss francs, his donation is. What do you think of a Bentley Continental GT for 21000 If he means dollars, you're buying a real steaming pile of shit Bentley GT. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, Maybe he means Lincoln? It's gonna, <laughs> con, no, no, he means Bentley. GTA, no. no, I mean, you're, you're buying a really bad car. I mean, a real, like a real, like there's something... Very expensive is broken with that car. Yeah, I think the Tesla drivetrain swap uh, would not just be an eventually thing. Correct, you would pretty much do that right out the gate. But but a Bentley is a very complex car. Like who knows what you got to take out to make a Tesla drivetrain work? But good luck. I mean, if uh, if you're an electrical engineer. You'll probably be able to do it. If you, and if you have to ask this as a financial question, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't do that. You need deep-ass pockets to turn a $21,000 Bentley into something worthwhile. Yeah, <laughs> especially a Tesla-powered. Yeah. And if you're going to do twenty k, like I would go for like a like a 90s Bentley and do a mm-hmm. Tesla swap. Like one of those squared-off turbo R's Arnage. or something like that. Yeah. That could be very cool. Yeah. Keep it classy. Uh, and look up uh, John Ward's uh, conversions because he's got some crazy shit that might work with that. Nah, no, he did the Rolls Royce uh, derelict. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. The LS7. yeah I don't amazing. think he does any electric. I think he, he did, did like one. one electric. He did yeah. one, and it, it was apparently, uh, it's apparently a massive pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah. Um, Rayleigh says it was nice meeting Alex at NoHo Sound. Uh, are there? Uh, are uh, nice meeting Ed and Alex? Excuse me at NoHo Sound. Are there any regulators? Uh, FTC, DOE, NTSC that have read your book mm-hmm. and given you feedback? Um, no, not well, not that have given me feedback. Uh, I don't know if any have read. Um, I do know, uh, you know, some, uh, at least one former NITS administrator uh, has a copy. Um, but, uh, you, you know, I think, I think the, the regulators are mostly aware of Tesla, um, of, of, the situation the situation i just like there's a lot of things they just can't do yeah um and like you know the way nitsa set up like you know they're they detect defects in mechanical parts mostly i mean they they you know expanded their remit a little bit but like the you know they need model years right like if a tesla is constantly changing its parts all the time like they can't do the analysis yeah, yeah. to really know like what what these rates are yeah that's are a weird at. thing this this thing tesla does uh allegedly i i don't know how the system works exactly but it's they, they they're just like no we're just constantly upgrading our cars yeah. so like you have at, you roughly no idea what you've got yeah exactly <laughs> well and the regulators don't know right they can't say like well okay we think there's a problem with this part like how many vehicles is it in? Because you know, it's not like oh, it's in these four model years. Yeah, you know, or the you know whatever. Um, it's it's just this thing, and they would have to like contact Tesla, and the Tesla would have to like find you know that it's data. It's also a real and, like, problem if you buy a used one, right? Because you don't really know, right, if what's been up, what it came with, and then what's been upgraded, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's I mean, any used car obviously is right, but at least you know that. All 2014 Hyundai Sonatas mm. are the same. Yeah, I see what you mean. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Pretty no, much, absolutely. right? But, but mm-hmm. yeah, and then also, like, just on the, the full self driving thing, like, who's going to, there is no obvious regulator for that. For, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, who selling a, a, a you know, a, an autonomous vehicle, uh, your capability that you're not going to be able to deliver on, like, 
you know, there's no one in government who who could make that assessment. Right. And all, I think we're going to run into a very similar problem with EVs. The kind of EV adoption rate that they that some of these people are projecting in major cities mm. is so fucking out of whack and crazy yeah. in la they're talking about oh we want 90 percent ev adoption in 20 years yeah. bro get a fucking grip yeah. i've been trying to build a building across the street for for four years for one building yeah. you think we're gonna charge this city in 20 years hell to the no yeah not a chance there's, there's not enough the power grid couldn't handle it yeah i mean like, there's not enough you know capacity in cobalt and yeah and kinds of mineral i mean the supply the supply chain isn't there the and, supply for batteries for cars and yep. the supply of energy to charge all these cars isn't yep. there yep but like and and again i think there's a lot of people because high-tech sector, information and computer technology, smartphones, computers, cameras, have just been on this crazy tear, uh, people think that it's not, that's not because of the specific things about those products, it's that the tech sector is like magical and they can just make these transformations with anything. Yeah. And and cars are a very distinct class of products. Yeah. And like what works in, you know, smartphones is not necessarily like, the. They're just different. Look yeah. at them. Right? Yeah. Like, these are not the same you, thing. Think about how you use these things. Think about what you expect from these things. Like if the fucking Tesla business model and the, oh, I don't know, Amazon business model are not the same. And I hear the comparison yeah. between those two all the time. Amazon didn't make money for 10 years. Amazon has a fucking monopoly on online commerce right now. Right. And, and they the, don't make anything. Well, they also make tons of money off of Amazon Web Service. That's well, like that, their big I mean, thing. That, yeah. that too, but they're certainly not making, selling, warranting, and servicing and repairing no, no, vehicles. No, no, no. Yeah, they're, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. No, they really. Although they probably will soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and like that's Robots. why. Robots. Robots. What the venture capital model works for software because, like, and, and certain other things because, um, you know, when you develop software, once you paid off the cost of developing that yeah, software, it's free. It's hundred percent profit. Yeah, 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 and and so you get these crazy margins. You know who that else doesn't is happen me about in the that? car business? My wife loves puzzles, and mm. I was like, "Why don't you start a puzzle company?" And she's like, "Actually, I looked into it. The margins are crazy on huh. puzzles because it's all about licensing the images. Uh, the rest that. of it's just fucking selling cardboard inside yep. of cardboard, yeah. <laughs> laser press cardboard, or laser cut cardboard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so wow. yeah, this is." But that's a physical good with the same kind of margins as like software, right? And so there's no pot of gold at the end, at the end of the rainbow yeah. for a car company. And and if they do become profitable, it's because they just develop this like operational focus of yeah. just grinding it out little by little, little sale by sale, on each bullshit, yeah. and yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, it's just so different than than you know either the tech sector is or how this like idea that people have created in mm. their heads about how Tesla is. Yeah, MB67. I appreciate your sentiment. But give me a fucking break, buddy. We love you anyway. Uh, there's a there's something behind that, dude. It, okay. it says insert generic. I have 15k. What car? So every week someone wants to know what car they should buy for 15k. Hmm. Tired of it. We have special guests this week. Do, do people ever take car buying advice? Nope. They just want us to validate what what they um what they already think. Uh, Rivian. Rivian, Ryukachu says, are they sh- is Rivian shaping up to be the positive disruptor that Tesla was going to be, minus the awful stuff? Yeah, so um, I don't, I wouldn't use the word disruptor. Like they're making cars, they're car companies. They haven't, you know, disruption is something like you know people stop buying cars and start using scooters. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, that kind of thing. Um, 
uh, to oversimplify it. Um, but yeah, no, look, I think I think Rivian is uh, it's Tesla without the sort of like tragic streak, uh-huh. you know. And like I've thought about, te- and I, I kind of wanted it to be the headline. My my publisher didn't want the word tragedy in the headline. I understand why. Yeah, like I definitely didn't want to come across uh, as too much of a hater. But in like classical mythology, uh, you know, a, a tragic hero, you know, has this quality that makes them go do the impossible. And then the same thing destroys them, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of what what Tesla, you know, was happening. But Elon Musk specifically, the company reflects him. Right, he's on this. Yeah, very I couldn't tell you a single name of a single Rivian employee. Tragic. I saw the truck, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so, and so, it's it's partly that. It's partly the fact that they're locating in Auto Country. Um, they are really. Are they vocal. in Detroit? No, they're in uh, Normal, Illinois. Oh, okay, but it's an it's a it was a, a Chrysler oh, okay. Mitsubishi joint event, whatever. Some you know Diamond Star Motors plant. Y- it was yeah. yes, yeah, um, promising. Well, and so you know, so a lot of love came out of this DSM factory. <laughs> oh damn, that's a DSM. But <laughs> there is talent there. There are people who know how to build cars there. There are suppliers there. There, you know, you know, in California, one of Tesla's big problems is like finding people who will do auto work. You know, in California, and, yeah. and and who have experience, it's also harder than people realize. Yeah, people yeah. think it's like the old days of like you know, turn one screw once, like every minute. Oh yeah, no. It's I not, went to a Porsche factory. There's there. Everyone is a technician. You it's have not, to. You're not yeah. a, just a factory worker. Absolutely. Yeah. And so and so anyway, so they they respect you know sort of the industry and and what it's able to do. They don't have the arrogance that Tesla had, and I think Tesla needed that to be the first one. Yeah. You know, uh, over the trench, but like now. That they blaze that pay- trail, you know, people like Rivian and a bunch of other companies. Actually, I was just at uh, a company called Canoe. Oh yeah, C A N O O, right? I, th- I think they're really cool. Aren't they selling like a pod-like bus it's or like something? A van. It's yeah. like a van. Have oh, you seen gosh. the car? I was just or, down there. Yeah. Do, do they have a working vehicle? Um, they had a stationary one. Okay. I mean, they do, but they yeah. didn't show it to me. Okay. So, uh, as as far as the EV startups, you've got Rivian, you've got Canoe, you you had Faraday, which is done, right? No, they're still they're, they're still at the show, yeah. But and the, then you have Lucid, Lucid, yeah. Faraday yep. and Lucid, I conflate because their vehicles look pretty similar to each other. I think uh, a little bit, and they were owned by the same guy. No, that's probably why. Yeah, here's the Canoe, yeah. which is just like it oh actually reminds me of my Delica. This it is, is it is it's like is, a little funky jazz. This is very fifth element looking like now we're in the future. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. really. No, it and it's it's uh it's steered by wire. Oh god, actually it's funny. I can show you this video. I meant to tweet it earlier, but um, It's very it's kind of art deco in a certain it, way. It, it I think it's super cool and it's subscription only. You will not be able so to just rent it. You will not be able to own it. Yeah. Um it will be yes. But like sure. that is the vehicle you're going to be able to take home. It's it. Yes. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad I mean, the future's here. Yeah, if no, they can get that crash tested and and ready to, get, is that gonna? Are they doing ultra low fuel? Do no, 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 no. Yeah, it's gonna crash. It's a, it's a real car. Really? Oh yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the uh, name so much. Canoe. I know, yeah, no, the, the name is not ideal, but um, yeah, it's, but so it's pretty cool. So it's okay. one of the guys who did uh, worked on the BMW i3. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, and which I I frankly love. Uh, I know it's not. I like, like the a i3. Very popular opinion, no, I think the i3 is cool. I think I like it's it. Really cool. I like it a lot better than the i8. Yeah, and it's definitely like it's a slice of history in that like BMW is not going to keep making those carbon fiber reinforced polymer yeah, yeah. cars anymore. Uh, Redacted says, would you rather talk to a guy in a 308 wearing Ferrari Pumas or a guy in an Enzo wearing toe shoes? Hmm. Mm. The 308 I drove, the guy had original Ferrari glasses that were wrapped really? in leather. They were. He goes, 
Yeah, be careful. Uh, they're uncomfortable. They sit crooked and they fall off your face. Like these do nothing. <laughs> they do none of the things glasses do. But he had some OG. I would rather talk. If it's that guy, talk to that guy. I think I'd rather talk to the guy in the 308. I mean, it's yeah, it's a 308. Safer. How do you not? It's not also not an Enzo. Oh, Ryukachu uh, works in autonomy. Uh, I did not know that. An anonymous commenter, and he says the tech only gets cheaper and the cars only get better at driving over time. But yep. yes, there's a huge danger of more congestion. Hoping for autonomy. Autonomous buses. The thing about autonomous buses are, to me, all you're doing is eliminating someone's job. Do yeah. buses really need autonomy? Um. Well, uh, we just need more people to take buses. Yeah, I that, mean, that's like a cultural shift. As we kind of turned a path at, at one point where, you know, as a species, where if we could automate something, we would. Yeah. Uh, a while ago. The question is, really, just can you automate it, right? Can, can you have a bus? Again, bus driver is a great example of, like, a driver doesn't just drive. Yeah. They keep the peace on some of those buses. <laughs> yeah. Like, they great are, point. they're basically yeah. cops. Stop yeah. fighting. Right. <laughs> Seriously. No shitting don't on make the me, bus. Don't make me pull this bus over. Yeah, no, and, like, like can a robot deal with humans? And for, you know, for stuff where they don't have to, I feel like we've sorted it. Like those airport trams and yeah. like the monorail at Disney World. Yep. Like that's that level of automation is right. like fine, but like I don't need well, I don't need autonomous city buses. That's just eliminating someone's job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if if the cost can come down enough, I mean it could, you know, um different things are, are possible, but the problem is that's still an investment in, in public transportation. That, but like, I think yeah. I think that requires a social change. They, like yeah, everyone exactly. we, we're getting more and more isolated. In our world, with like you were saying, you know, uh, the internet, and oh, we just want to sit in the the Uber and not talk to the person. Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. That is not heading in the direction of hey, it'd be really good for the environment if we all rode shared pods. electric bus yeah, would yeah. help. But yeah, we're all going to start sharing pods more and basically build you know individual cars of subways. Like yeah, that's a, a big cultural shift. I just yeah. like for public transportation, I need it to be like something that moves faster than traffic. Like mm -hmm. for me. Uh, the problem with buses in Los Angeles is they're stuck in the same fucking traffic everybody else is. Yep. I'm just less comfortable. So right. I, 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 to me, that's not an advantage. But right. in New York City, mm -hmm. fuck yeah, I'm on the subway. Yep. That's how you do it in New York City. Yeah. yeah. And so they, well, because the, the subway goes where cars can't go. Like, yeah. oh, like I know there are places with bus only lanes, but they get blocked all the time. But maybe if they switch to streets that were only for buses, like yeah. a grid of streets that's just buses every other something. Well, I think they did just, it in New York City, right? 14th Street, they uh, made uh, pedestrians. And buses only, right? Yeah, and I, it seemed like it actually kind of worked. Seemed very popular. Yeah, just from what I've heard. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I think it makes. Sense. I think car guys need to get on board with with the idea that um, you know it's okay that there's going to be some places where it just doesn't make sense to have cars. And I think that you know as you deal with you know there's certain parts of the city you really don't want to drive to anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that that keeping cars out of certain areas um, as a way to manage congestion and make cities a little bit more livable again. Uh, is something that doesn't have to be threatening to car guys because that's not they don't want to drive down. No, I don't anyway. want. I don't. I don't need to drive down there anyway. I I, I have places where I like driving. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, last question, and then we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, Stitch says, Stitch Stitch six 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 says, what are your thoughts on recent breakthroughs with solid state battery batteries, more energy dense and longer life, using sodium glass instead of lithium? I don't really know anything about them. Yeah. Do you? Uh, you know, batteries are a really really tough one. Um, and you. Know, especially because anybody who knows anything about it is in the business somehow and has yeah. their angle. And if you don't know enough about it, you can't figure out their angle. It's just hard to get a, yeah. a good. So you have to talk to a lot of people. I'm I'm still talking to people. Um, trying to to understand the the uh, solid state thing specifically. Um, I think there are there are certainly companies who uh, 
think that there are uh, more advances to be made on basic uh, lithium ion without going to solid state. Well, like, Porsche is doing 800 volt, which I think is is one way to advance the lithium ion. Right, and 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 just uh, in the way that like anodes are made, or just like really like it's cell level kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They think there's room to continue to improve those, and because there's existing production capacity for those, you know, the argument I've heard is that that's gonna, you know, it's gonna be harder. Because like any manufacturing business, you have to have scale to truly really get the price down. Right. And and are we going to invest in an entirely new, you know, at scale network of batteries for solid state, yeah. or are we going to, you know, who's are we doing do that solid state? Is it like Ramats or one of those one of them crazy guys over in uh, who's doing solid states? A bunch of people. I basically everyone's doing it to some extent. Um, Is anyone? Uh, no one's doing it in any production level car, right? Not now. No. Okay. Mm -mm. But um, I think BMW says Toyota will use Tokyo, Tokyo Olympics to debut a solid state battery. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I would like to learn more about it. I have a tough time with EVs in terms of what is a kilowatt, what is a kilowatt hour, and yep. how do these things work. And, and so I find myself in my reviews using the manufacturer translations to horsepower, which I know is not what I'm supposed to be doing. But right. it's just, it's, uh, it's very confusing. I try to take engineering in college and I fucking. <laughs> The electrical stuff with it, forget. Yeah. Ohms and amps and volts, like, nope, lost. Yep. Sorry. No, it's a, uh, yeah, it's kind of arcade. It's tough. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, especially when so much of your brain is taken up with, like, you know, how internal combustion cars Just, work. Just, uh, yeah, you know, and, and among, like <laughs> among, among other things. things. Wasn't it like yeah. kilowatt is the amount of power that's in the battery and the kilowatt hour is the amount that can move in and out in one hour? Uh, I think it's something like that. Yeah. I think Jason Camisa explained it in a video, but I need to watch. I it know again. it's yeah. it's and Fancy did, did too, and he did a good job. Yeah, honestly, but, the the best thing is you don't really even need to know like the details of what all that stuff. Is. You just kind of need to have a sense of like more what, is better. Right. Yeah, once you're once you're getting into like the chemistry of solid state and other whatever materials are starting to use, it's like that's somebody that's a job for a smart person. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than the book, do you want to plug anything before we get out of here? Autonicast? Yeah, Autonicast. Which you can get by Googling Autonicast, I imagine. Yep, Autonicast.com. Yeah. Autonicast.com. Yep. All right, yeah, Zach's pulling that up. And the book, of course, is called Ludicrous, The Unvarnished Story of Tesla Motors. Is this one for us? Yeah, that is yours. Zach, did you read yet? No, he okay. gave that to me today. Oh, great. So you get to <laughs> read it, it, and then away. we will do a giveaway on the gram. Oh, it'll have my with, DNA uh, on it. Yeah. It'll have it, Zach. It, it has your DNA. I'll That's put some smoke and tire stickers in the, in the jacket. Thanks, Ed. That was a great show. Yeah. I really enjoyed having you on. A I, lot of fun. I, I would say full open invite next time you're in LA. Oh, thank you. Um, and uh, for those of live, you're doing the book thing tomorrow with Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where is it? Uh, so it's at LA Aleworks in Hawthorne, 7 to 9 p.m., you're doing a joint, it's a joint book thing. Yeah, so Ryan Ryan has a book called uh, Slow Car Fast. It's about sort of the... You, well, he promoted it on the show. Yes. Yes, it's about this, millennial this car culture no not Ryan. being dead. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And um, and so we're going to do a little talk uh, about sort of the intersection of our two books. So, so uh, you know, automotive enthusiasm and sort of Tesla's role in it, uh, which is definitely a, a distinct new element, right? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we'll talk about that for, for a little bit, and then we'll watch the uh, the Cybertruck reveal, and we'll drink beer. Oh, yeah, and it'll the be... Cybertruck reveal. We didn't even talk about that. I actually got invited to that, but I'm <laughs> oh, not, not going to go um, because my Lamborghini got rented for a fashion shoot with a premium European fashion brand, mm. and I have to oh, bring my. it to a downtown location tomorrow from noon until midnight. 
which uh, sucks. But it's a great story. It's cool. It's a good no, excuse. It sucks like, for me because I have wait. to sit there. But my, it, but it, it is. Uh, I revel in the fact that my car gets a much better day rate than I do. <laughs> And that bitch earns its keep. It's yep. the first car I've ever had in my life that goes out and earns its own fucking keep. Just like just like your Tesla will. Just, right? Fuck that. I got a 30-year-old car that has turned a profit this year. Eat a dick, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. The Smoking Tire Podcast is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at ShoutEngine.com. It's easy. All you need is a connection to the internet, a microphone, and ideally, something to say. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye.